That song we just sang, fancy pants people call it Mary's Magnificat. It's in Luke 1. It's a Bible school word. But those of us who are normal people can call it Mary's song. Mary, an angel came to Mary and said, you'll be found with child. She says, how will this be, Lord, for I'm a virgin? And she's told, God is going to make this happen. For with God, nothing is impossible. And she becomes pregnant. And the angel tells her, listen, the story you're a part of, God's already on the move. Your cousin, Elizabeth, is already thinking six months pregnant. And in her womb is the forerunner of Messiah. He'll prepare the way for your boy. So Mary travels to go see her cousin, Elizabeth. And when she walks in the room, her baby is first trimester. Elizabeth's third trimester. When she walks in the room, the unborn John leaps and worships the unborn Jesus. Elizabeth praises Mary. You might know if you're Catholic, you might have heard this phrase, blessed are you among women. It's part of the Hail Mary prayer. Elizabeth says, you know, Mary, you are going to bring forth God's promises. And then Mary sings this song. This song we just sang, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. This is Mary's song. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. I spent the week, I spent the month meditating on this, these, these, these few words. My soul magnifies the Lord. What does this mean? I guess in English it means my, my soul, when it thinks about God, it's lifted. I, I, in my mind and heart, God is lifted up. When I think about God, my soul rises. I, in my thinking, in my, in, my, in my love, God is exalted high. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. When I think about God, there is joy in my heart. There's joy in me. And I consider the, the God of heaven... It is not an abstract thought. When I, cons- when I give my mind to this, joy fills me up. I wonder to myself, does my soul magnify the Lord? When I think about God, does my soul, does my spirit rise? When I think about God, is there joy filling me? And I'm like, man, this is a weird thing because whatever this is, this worshiping of God you can't fake it. You can't make it up. You can't, you can't just like make the engine do it. For Christmas, my mom every year for Christmas gets me and my brothers socks every year. Now we're grown men. My brother turned 40 yesterday. What do you buy a 40-year-old kid? He's a G.I. Joe. Merry Christmas. My mom gets us socks, yo. She, she, she spoils my kids, her grandbabies, and gives us all socks. And listen, we need them every year. I know every year in November when there's all holes, my toes popping out, I'm like, Mom was buying me new socks in December, so it's going to be okay. 
But even, even though I need them, even though they're a helpful gift, when she gives them, when I open the bag and pull them out, I don't rejoice. I can't just make that, I can't pretend, I can't just make that engine get excited about socks. It's not going to happen. If I were to pull out, you know, an iPhone 13 Pro, I'd be like, oh, that, it would be very easy to rejoice. I, I want this. Whoa. You know, that'd be very easy. I wouldn't have, you, don't have to, you don't have to fake it. If it's there, it comes out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, how do we get it? I, I, I want to have, so for Mary, we already learned obedience. We learned bravery. We learned wisdom. Today, we learned from Mary how to worship. How do I get that? How do I get to a place where my soul magnifies the Lord? Where it, it, it's a real thing that my soul rejoices in God, my Savior. How do I get there? And Mary's going to show us the way. Because before we talk about the how, I want to say this to us. This question, how do I worship something, is really the wrong question because we all know how to worship stuff. Like, we are created to worship. When I work with addicts, one of the first things you teach an addict is every one of us is made to exalt something. And the addict has put the wrong thing in that place. You're worshiping a sensation. You're worshiping a feeling. Or you're worshiping an escape. You're worshiping the high. If you worship the high, it has led you into destruction and death. We all know how to worship stuff. I was thinking, um, down on the 23 and 59, there's a restaurant, Mexican restaurant. And they have a burrito that I've affectionately named the Meat Tornado. I've ordered, I order it once a year because it's, it's, it's that devastating of a, of a, of a burrito. Like I, I mean, if you ate it every month, you die early, I think. Once a year is all you can do. When I order this burrito, people stop by our table and ask about it. What is, what, what, what is that? Like people, no joke, my kids, when it came to the table, they were, my kids were amazed, Dad, you can't. And I'm like, I mean, it's here. Uh, <laughs> if you ask me what's the best burrito in the region, you don't got to twist my arm to get the answer. It's going to flow out of me. Oh, it's the meat tornado. I'm going to tell you about it. We know how to worship. Listen, when Michigan beat Ohio State, no one had to get up, on, get up and say, okay, fans, if you'd be so kind, please come onto the field and show that you're happy for the team. No one had to instruct nobody. The fans came over the walls. You couldn't have stopped them because they love this team. They're a fan of the team. And when you love something, the worship flows. At the Big Ten Championship, I've got a U of M today, I guess. Big Ten Championship, when the song comes on, hail to the... Something, something. When that song starts, listen, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never been to a game. No way. Uh, I've never been to a game. I don't know. When the song starts, the people sing. Why? They love the team. They sing because this is my team. I follow them. I'm a fan of them. And so me and all the people around us, we're all lifting up our voices to exalt this thing we love. You go to a concert of a band you know, and you sing every song to every word. People say, to the, I've heard people say to the, 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 the band, 
the lead singer, you're God, dude. Like they, and I, 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 know what they're, they're, I know what they're saying. They're saying you're the best. It's worship is easy. For, like, we'll worship a man or a woman. We worship our families. We worship a house. We worship a job. We naturally want to take things and lift them up and love them. It's, it's built into us. We know how to love things. We know how to value things. It's natural to want to praise and exalt and adore. That's, that's built inside of us. The question is, how do I take that and move it to God? I can adore you of them, but I don't adore the Lord. My, my, my soul magnifies the newest Spider-Man movie. How do I get that some excitement to the Lord? How do I, like my worshiper is not broken. The worship, the, the worship piece of me is not broken. It's just pointed the wrong direction. How do I move that thing? How do I give a rip about God? How does God become more to me than a pair of socks? Because to many of us, it's all he is. God is boring. God to us is homework. Boo, right? God is like a diet. Boo. Like we, to us, God is like a chore. I've got to do that because he's there and he wants something from me. Boo. It's not affection. It's not adoration. It's, it's a phoning. Mary's going to show us how to magnify the Lord in our hearts. First, the first truth about worship is this. Worship is always a response, okay? And worship is a response to an experience. If something is good to me, kind to me, I will give it praise. If something makes my life better, I'll give it praise. If something comes in, if someone hooks me up and another buddy asks me, what do you think of so-and-so who sells cars? Oh, that guy hooked me up. Go to them. It's very easy because they were good to me. I'm going to praise them to you. Very easy. If someone or something is good to me, I will give it worship. Silly example. I wish Ryan was here. I wasn't dogging about this. But I'm a Disney guy. I really am. Weirdly so. Um, I have a Disney credit card. I have a Disney phone screen. When I'm in incredible pain, you know, let's say I roll my ankle and fall down into the dirt, my dog look at my face, my happy place is the kingdom. I just go off there and the pain goes away. So how did this happen? How did this happen? Tell you how this happened. I didn't, I, didn't go, I didn't go to Disney when I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't grow up like that. I, I grew up seeing commercials for Disney World, and I was like, oh, it's for the rich kids, blah, blah, blah. But in, in, it was really jealousy versus I, I was just like, those kids can go and I can't. But I got older. I had my own kids, saved us some money, finally went. And we go, and sh- we go, f- and what happens? My son gets sick, so he gets a flu off the plane. So my, my, we go to Disney World, my, my kid, Nesto, is sick in a hotel room. Mama Bear gets sick. They're sick, and me and me and I are just touring the park and doing stuff together. So really good daddy-daughter bonding time, but my son's missing out on all the good stuff. I come home one day, and Angie's like, Nesto has an appetite. 
He, he stopped throwing up. The fever broke. He's hungry. I'm like, babe, it's 11 o'clock at night. Everything's closed. I have no car here. She's like, I was telling you he's hungry. He wants pancakes. I'm like, of course he wants pancakes. 11 o'clock at night. So I, I, I go, as, 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 a, as a father, I leave, I walk to the kitchen area, and it's, it's not like closing, it's done, been closed. You know what I'm saying? The chairs are on the tables, the employees are trying to go home, these poor employees, you know? I go to the counter, I'm looking, looking in, I'm like, hey, 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 someone sees me, comes out, like, yes, sir, I'm like, tell them the whole story. My kid, sick, hungry, pancakes, is there anything we can do? He's like, dude, the registers are closed and cashed out, we... we I'm like, oh, grills have been cleaned and like oiled for the night. I'm like, oh. He goes, let me see what I got anything. To, like, 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 let me see if I have anything. I'm like, even, like, like, even a freaking toaster waffle, anything, man, hook me up. He goes to the back. He comes out. Ten minutes past, I think this guy went home. This guy ducked me with the back door, and I'm standing like an idiot, you know. But he comes back out with a little clamshell. I'm like, what's that? He pops it open. And inside there's a, not just a pancake, but a Mickey pancake with the ears and everything. There's syrup and butter, and I think he gave him hash browns too. He went back there, fired it all back up, made my kid breakfast, and I'm like, well, dude, let me give you some money. He goes, dude, listen, take care of your kid. And he left. So guess what? Since that moment, I'm a dizzy guy. They were kind to me, and because they were kind and good to me, what do I do? I talk good about them. When someone's good to us, we talk good to them. We become a super fan, you know what I'm saying? And Mary says, this is true, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why? For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. He's done great things for me. The reason she's worshiping, she's her worship is a response to God's kindness. She experienced God's kindness, and what flows out of that? Worship. He's been good to me. And listen, don't think her life is without trouble. If you, read the, if you read the Christmas stories, if you read the little we have in the, the youth of Christ, or even when Christ is going to get the Pharisees later on in the Gospels, the Pharisees sometimes poke fun at his lineage. Because everyone's going to wonder, is Joseph really that kid's dad? Because everyone knows there's a scandal behind the scenes. Something happened with Mary and Joseph. He was going to divorce her, I heard. There's all this weird stuff that happened. And her irritation is never, ever put right. There's always this haunting gossip. You know what I'm saying? Her reputation before this was a godly young girl. After God engages her, her reputation is sullied. Did you cheat on Joseph? Did they get pregnant before they got married? Oh, naughty, naughty. That, that's, that's on her. And not only that, but she has been told that her child is going to suffer and die. She's got a kid. It says he's pondered these things in her heart. When the shepherds come and they tell her about how he will, he will bring many to, 
uh, sons to salvation, but she ponders these things in her heart. She knows that she's called to bear a son, to love the, his, her son, and she's been called to watch her son die. Her life is not easy. But still she says, he's done great things for me. He's been good to me. He chose me to serve him. And for this, I am grateful. And out of that gratitude flows worship. Now, how do we experience God's kindness? Because you can't... Most of us are really bad worshipers. We're just bad worshipers. We can worship a Billy Joel song. We can sing Billy Joel with all our hearts. I'm old. I, I don't know who you sing, but put whoever you like. Put... Adele there, or other pop stars that are modern. We all, I don't know who you listen to. I don't know if people listen to weird stuff. But it's easy for us to drive, put on a favorite pop singer, and sing that song with all our heart. You know, we're driving on the car, we're singing, oh! But when it comes to the Lord, it's also just like, like that's when it happens. Billy Joel gets the good stuff, the Lord gets the leftovers. For most of us, because we, we, we don't know, we haven't experienced his kindness. So how can you experience his kindness? The only way I know to experience his kindness is you've got to make room in your life for him. Amen. You have to. Yeah. We all run fast. We all have a thousand things to do. We all have a to-do list that never gets completed. Listen, my gutters were on my to-do list for three months, and they didn't get done. It happens. Sometimes you got to just, it was like the gutters, play with the kids. Peace gutters. You know, it happens sometimes. It happens. We're all busy. But if you want to experience God, you got to make room in your life to be with Him. The Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. The only way to taste Him is to eat Him you got to make room in your life to sit, to stop moving, to stop racing, and to rest in Him. St. Augustine once said, Our souls know no rest until they rest in Thee. It's hard to stop, I know. For me, when I pray in the morning, sometimes it takes a good five to ten minutes just to slow my brain down. Honestly, the first five minutes, ten minutes of prayer is just grabbing my brain like, like holding a rope and just ripping my hands up. You know what I'm saying? Because our mind wanders. It's like chores. You know, I've got to do this and this and this and I've got to preach the sermon. All the things that come in your mind. You've got to take time to rest in Him so you can experience His goodness. And when you experience that goodness, the song comes, man. Even in the midst. Yesterday morning, I had a, a cacophony of phone calls before 9 a.m. It's a good word. I just had a lot of texts coming in, a lot of faith, and a lot of questions needed answering, and I just felt overwhelmed. There was too many people asking. At one time, everyone needed things, and I was like, ah, leave me alone. It's thinking Saturday morning. Like, I was just like, I was getting wigged out about it, feeling like I was drowning. And I didn't know what to do. I felt, I felt just, I felt it was too much, not enough time, too many things, too many people. 
you ever have, have so many things to do, you feel like paralyzed to do anything? You ever feel that way? We have so much to do, you don't even know where to start? So I had to stop everything and just go and be with the Lord. And my prayer started this way. Lord, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. I've been stealing her words all week. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We worship because we've experienced God's kindness. We also worship as a response to God's character. Now, I, I, it's, I chose the wrong word. It should be we, we worship as a response to God's greatness. That's what I really mean. Because God's character, God is great. And when we see great things, we do respond with worship. If I see an incredible painting, I will stand in awe. I've been, I have been in, in like, I've been in Leo's Coney. A song comes over the radio that I've never heard before, and I stop, and the song is a jam, like a great song. I'm like, I was like, this is a great song. Angie and I, when we were young and before we had kids, we'd be driving somewhere. We'd st- we bought this new CD once. We bought the, um, it was an Andrew Peterson album, Love and Thunder. And we're driving to Target. We get to Target, and we're in the middle of the song. Now, when you Target, what do you do? You turn the car off, get out, and go shop at Target. That's what you do. The song was so incredible. Called the, silence. It was the song was called The Silence of God. It was a lament song. It was so powerful, we just pulled in and sat there of the song finish. And we were in awe of its message, in awe of its music, in awe of its truth. When we see great things, we worship them. First time I ever saw the Grand Canyon, we saw the Grand Canyon last year. I remember, like, I'm scared of heights. I remember like creeping up towards the canyon. Because even though there's rails, I'm like, what if a wind gets me and throws me? <laughs> you, I just, listen, as I approached the, 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 the rail, I could see, you'd see, it's, it's unreal. If you've never seen the Grand Canyon, it's unreal. I remember I felt in my, like a pit in my stomach. But as you, as you see it, there's no words. We just went there and just stood there for minutes and minutes and minutes just staring at it. No pictures, no selfies, just in awe of the greatness. When you see greatness, you worship it. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. That's true. That's right. Mary is worshiping the greatness of God. She says this. She says, I rejoice in God my Savior. My God saves us. He's sending Messiah, and for this, I give him worship. She says, he who is mighty. My God is mighty. He's got a strong arm to work on my behalf, and I give him praise. She goes, verse 49, and holy is his name. My God is holy. Untouched by evil, my God is a holy God, and I worship him. As you get to know the greatness of God, worship will flow. But how do you come to understand God's greatness? The only way I know, the main way I know to appreciate God's greatness is through his word. you gotta, you got to open it up and see what he does and see who he is. And listen, some of you are like, I don't read, I understand. 
They say, this is awful for us fellows, the stat back in the 90s, they used to say that like 70% of all men after high school will never read a book. Brutal. Dudes, man. Just for like, woo, books. <laughs> um, you might be a reader. Listen. They make free apps on your phone that will read to you. They'll read the Bible to you. My devotional life right now is being read to. I walk my dog, I have my headphones in, and every morning, some Scottish dude reads you the Bible. Through the Bible app. You version. I love it. This morning, finished Exodus, finished Exodus 40, finished the whole book of Exodus. And it was Exodus 39, he was reading, and I was sitting there just walking the dog, like, this is so awesome. It said, like, and Israel obeyed all that God had asked of her. And I was like, Go, Israel! Like I was just pumped, just hearing the word read aloud to me. You can watch YouTube videos of people reading the Bible to you. I mean, next year we're doing a big Bible reading plan as a whole church, and we're going to give you all kinds of tools. We're going to give you audio Bible. We're going to give you Bibles to bring home. We're going to give you all this stuff. We have ways. We just have to make room for it. We have to engage it. I know it's tough. TV is easier than engaging the Bible. We need to see how great our God is and have our holy imagination restored. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Finally, we worship God as a response we worship as a response to God's kindness. We worship as a response to God's greatness. And lastly, we worship as a response to God's goodness. Listen to what she says in this song. In verse 50, the song has a weird turn. She says, His mercy is for those who fear Him. She says, He's brought down the mighty from their thrones. He exalts the humble. He fills the hungry. He sends the rich away. He scatters the proud. We all live in the same world, okay? In the world we live in, the psalmist once asked, why do the wicked prosper? It feels like that sometimes. If I'm willing to lie, cheat, steal, I can have the American dream because other people can have it. If I'm willing to sell out, I can have more of the dream. That's how it feels sometimes. If I do things God's way, I'm going to lose. But the God we serve doesn't get tricked. He doesn't get conned by the con men. You understand? The rich can go before judges and buy the best lawyers and beat the rap. The rich can do that. They don't fool God. Our God's a good God. And, and it's, listen, this song straight up says that God God exalts the humble and he resists the proud. This song, listen, it says, his mercy is for who? Those who fear him. It says, who does he exalt? He exalts the humble ones. Who does he fill? The hungry. He's taking care of those who come to him knowing
praying the other day, I came to realization. We all want to think. We all want to be somebody. Want to be famous. Want to be loved. We all want to brag about how we're the the strongest or the fastest. We use our kids all the time. We the kids. My kid's the smartest kid. My kid's the best kid. We always want to take things, make it the best, make it valuable. In our own lives, we talk, we brag about ourselves. Like I was the, the fastest in high school. We have what Bruce Springsteen called the glory days, right? We try to live there. Like this, this talent of mine gives me value because I'm the best at this. That makes me lovable, likable, desirable. We all want to be somebody's. And so we're all like fighting to get a platform or to have more followers or to get some viral video or something like that. I was praying the other day that I was like, Lord, I'm a nobody. And I'm so grateful to be a nobody. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Amen, Mary says, You have looked on the humble estate of your servant. Mary's like, I'm a nobody, and you chose me to do something. And I'm grateful for it. She wasn't chosen because she was smarter or prettier or greater. And we're all trying to pretend that we're better than we are. Listen, the only way to come to God is we are beggars at the foot of God's door. We don't come dressed nice like, Lord, let me tell you how it's going to be. We come there like, Lord, there's this prayer Solomon prays. Solomon becomes the king of Israel. And when he becomes the king of Israel, his prayer is this, Lord, I am a child on my father's throne. I don't know how to come in and I don't know how to go out. Who is great enough to rule your people, O Lord? That is humility. It's knowing that you don't know. And so much of the church these days is just ripe with pride. We talk like we got everything figured out, and we don't. And that's okay. The hope of the world is not our answers. It's Christ on the cross. That's our answer for the world. It's not how smart I am at debating you. It's that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. That Jesus loves sinners like you and like me. That's the good news. I can say it with a stuttering mouth with terrible defense, and God can take it and supercharge the rock and kill a giant. That's what the story says. We, the, our, our church, the American church, we are a proud people. And when we're proud, guess what? God ain't on our team no more. God is good. And how we do things is as important as what we do. Rain it back. I went, I went a little too. Hmm. It closed those nerves and they just, they just fire. Mary sees that God is good. Even though the world's unjust, our God is just. He sees the oppressors and He's going to deal with them. We may think to ourselves, man, He got away with it. He ain't getting away with it. The person who did what they did to you, don't, don't ever think that the courts. They, they tricked the courts. They might trick the judge, trick the court, trick your family. They ain't going to fool God. He's going to deal with it. He gives grace to the humble, and he resists the proud. And for this, Mary praises him. 
Right? That God, you take care of the poor. You take care of the hungry. You look upon those of humble estate. You, you fill those who are seeking your face. When we see goodness, we worship it. And our God is good. He is good. So, we all know how to worship. We're built to worship, but how do we point our worshiper at the Lord? I need to experience His kindness. I need to fill my eyes with His greatness. And I need to constantly remind myself of His goodness. If you look at the world too much, you will get discouraged because the world... It is full of sin and death. And just to be fair, we can't copy them to play their game. We have to come into this world salt and light. We don't react according to the world's rules. We react the way that Christ reacted. That's tough, man. Oh, it's so tough. Turning their cheek is so not fun. Responding to hate with love, is, it, it's hard to do. I had a buddy of mine who worked in retail. He said over the last 12 months in retail, he's seen an he's seen a, um, unbelievable rise in customers' rudeness, meanness, and cruelty. This is across every... In 2021, there were more incidents on airplanes than the previous 20 years. People like tied up on airplanes, going nuts, fighting, yelling at people. We're crazy right now. Everyone's amped up and mean. And this guy is a very laid-back, chill, cool dude. He's like, man, my customers are so mean and rude, I just want to be mean and rude right back at them. I want to bark. I want to bite. I want to push. I'm like, listen. Yeah, they are being rude, and it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay for us to go to places and take out all our fear and anxiety on some poor, innocent worker. That's not okay. If you're young and a waitress, you're the bad guy. Period. I don't care if you're extra cold or not, you're the bad guy. But I told my buddy, I said, listen, if you respond back, you're bringing more and more evil into the world. Christ took the hit, and his prayer was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's how Christ responded to evil. That's how we must respond to evil as well. We worship because he's been kind to us. We worship because he's great, and we worship because he's good. And I hope you can take your worshiper and point it at the Lord, that your soul will magnify the Lord and your spirit may rejoice in him. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, our soul magnifies you, O Lord. Our spirit rejoices in you, our Savior. For you who are mighty have done great things for us. Help us worship you. Truly, passionately holy. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen.